from DynastyLeagueFootball.com and the DLF family of podcasts, this is the Super Flex Super Show. Your main source for strategy, speculation, player values, and all things Super Flex. With innovative strategies like QBX and the Super Flex Flywheel, exercises like Tinder Flex, Super Six, You're Nuts, and next week this week, the Super Show's Super Friends never lack the content you need to help you draft and manage your roster in the fastest-growing fantasy football format, Superflex, on the Superflex Super Show. Enjoy your DLF podcast and stay sexy and super flexy. Welcome to the DLF Dynasty Podcast with your host, Dan Myler. Ryan McDowell and Matt Price. Yes, welcome in indeed. That's Ryan, that is Matt, and I'm Dan. We are the DLF Dynasty Podcast, and we are thrilled to bring you episode number 505. Ryan, Matt, um, we are so close to the Combine. It is right around the corner. We're going to do a little bit of previewing of some of the players that we care about so much at this year's combine in this episode, but first we got to bring you guys in. How's it going there, Matt? Uh, it's going, it's going well, Dan. Um, I don't really have anything new to report. Excited to get into some more rookies. Yeah, we're uh, we're going to touch on Brees Hall in this episode. Of course, that's going to be a lot of fun. Going to do the rookie report on him. We also have a debut of a new segment. We're going to play a game, which I'm excited to debut for sure. Uh, and then a pre NFL Combine rookie mock draft. Ryan, uh, you excited about the episode? It's going to be fun. You have no idea what's coming at you, bud. Yeah, I'm a little worried about this game. I know Matt is the game master. <laughs> Pretty much assume any any kind of game I'm playing against him is not going to go well for me. Well, but, uh, there, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag too much, but you guys aren't aren't going against each other. Actually, you're going to be working together oh, as a team. Oh. Then I feel, so. I feel great. <laughs> <laughs> you have the game master on I'll your give, side. I'll give you a piggyback, Ryan. Hey, All right, listen. let's let's get like things it. started. <laughs> the startup. Let's start things off this week with a conversation about Michael Thomas, guys. We, we've we kind of avoided him for about 18 months. Not a lot of conversations about Michael Thomas, guys. But there was news this past week that they did a restructure down there in New Orleans. So that pretty much guarantees Thomas is going to be back with the Saints for 2022. And, and maybe even beyond the way some of the cap analyzer guys are talking that that creates a little bit of a hardship for the Saints to move on even after this year, potentially. So um, they converted almost all of his 2022 base salaries into signing bonus. And, you know, we we haven't talked about him, Ryan, because he hasn't been healthy for a couple of seasons. Coming off that record-setting season a couple of years ago and just disappeared and even became kind of an a- afterthought for dynasty managers, or at least a lot of us, down there in New Orleans with so much going on and, and with with so many expectations for Thomas before that first injury a couple of seasons ago, now where are we at? What what are we what are we thinking about when it comes to Thomas moving forward? It's funny, we talked about Deshaun Watson and some of the news that um that he's been involved in lately. We did that last week and Michael Thomas kind of feels like the same story that dynasty managers don't know exactly what to do with him. He's obviously lost some value. 
uh, a lot of times when we see those players miss the entire season uh, around this time of year, once once the regular season's over and we're well into the offseason, we'll see the value of those players start to trend back up with the assumption that they're going to be ready to play by, by the next uh, the next season. And we're not seeing that with Michael Thomas right now. His February ADP is actually uh, 76 overall. That's his lowest ADP ever. His entire career, dating back to February of 2016, uh, his rookie season. Uh, it actually ties last November. So November of 21, current ADP, both 76 overall, his lowest point. I don't know what to do with this guy either. We've talked about Kamara and, and some other players on the Saints team. In general, I've got the same concerns I, 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 with Thomas as I do some of those other guys. Uh, we don't know what this offense is going to look like. We don't know who the quarterback is. Michael Thomas is nearly 30 years old. Other than being uh, majorly discounted from where he was a couple of years ago, I don't see a lot of reasons to buy him. Well, I don't know if anybody out there is buying him because it's really hard to sell him at this point. If, if you've held on to him, Matt, for this long, like you have to wait for some of this value to recuperate a little bit before you even think about selling him. And, and you're still kind of holding out hope that he's the wide receiver one down there in New Orleans and maybe gets some of that wide receiver two dynasty value back. I don't think the expectation is that he's going to return to top 10 form again in his career. Do you? Not in terms of value, but I mean, I could see him. I think I could see him having a, I think, I, I mean, I think he still could have a hundred catch season in him if he, if he is truly healthy. Um, so you're looking at like, I, I just pulled up the trade finder. He, he went for the 202 uh, for a bunch of second, like a couple of second round picks before they were revealed to be the number. So I'm not sure where they lie, but wow. it looks like that's about the price. I mean, the 202? 202. Is that too much? No, I don't think that's too, too much. much. Yeah, no, that seems like I mean, a buy, right? That, it's Wondell like Robinson or something. But like, to Dan's point, why would you sell for that at this point? No, you absolutely shouldn't. But if there are buy opportunities for that second round pick, um, I mean, the only thing I can think of is maybe. Maybe I should be buying. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You didn't know I the mean, price, I think, Ryan. I feel like for a second, like it's worth the speculation. It's for sure thinking. worth a second round pick. I think we can move yeah. beyond that. It, it's yeah. no doubt worth any second round pick to add Michael Thomas Especially and hope in this he, class. Yeah. he adds some right. of that value back. I, I think the question becomes a question when you start talking about that mid to late first round pick, which is what a Michael Thomas manager who's held him through these injuries is going to want at the very least, at least a savvy manager will want that. And and I would assume that if you're you're holding Thomas and somebody comes to you and wants him at this point, you want that mid to late first and probably a sweetener on top. And that's when, when you have a problem making making the deal and, and, and paying those kind of prices. Yeah, but I mean, that would represent, again, the value trending back up. He's going to be healthy in 2022. He's still obviously going to be the wide receiver one. But that's not what we're seeing. Again, all-time all all low in ADP. I mean, Matt mentioned the trade value. This is This is uglier than I thought it was. If you're like completely rebuilding, maybe okay. I'm taking an early second for him, but like in any other scenario, like you said, there's 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 no reason there's no reason to do it. I don't think you're necessarily ever getting a first. Maybe he comes back and is just a rock star stud, and we get towards the playoffs, and somebody's looking for a wide receiver. Maybe they'll send that late 2023 first. But I mean, I, I just if you're gonna get out, 
mean, if you're going to get out and you are a not comp- non-competing team, I mean, I, I feel like it's an okay, it's okay to get out of that price. I wouldn't sell for a low, for, for a single second, probably two seconds. I would, I would probably do it. I, I think yeah, the I conversation second. should shift from there, from value to probably expectation moving forward, because there's a lot of, a lot of Michael Thomas managers out there that have been holding and they intend on putting them in, putting him into their lineup um, this coming season, hoping to get wide receiver two type numbers. And Ryan, you kind of alluded to it. We don't know who the quarterback is. We don't know what that offensive play calling will look like now that um, Sean Payton has moved on. And, you know, there's just so many questions down there in New Orleans that the last time we saw Michael Thomas, he was setting records. And even if you don't have those expectations, which you shouldn't at this point, I think a, a, a normal fantasy football player or, or Saints fan is expecting 80 plus catches and 120 plus um, targets. That that translates pretty quickly into a wide receiver too. If those are the expectations, maybe we should be considering making these types of moves. And I think that I think those numbers are a lock almost. If he's healthy, I think I think 120 targets at 80 receptions are almost a lock. Whoever the quarterback is, because there's nobody there's nobody else there. The Marquez Callaway experiment was fun. Traycon Smith was never fun. Um, Deontay Harris, like Lil that's a, Jordan that's Humphrey, an odd like, line. If those two are the the on one side of fun and the other side, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, there's like, of course, that you would, you would hope they're going to invest something in the draft, but I don't know exactly how much draft capital they have to throw out at a wide receiver position, considering the other things they need on that team. You know, primarily a quarterback, I guess. Their defense is still fairly sound the offensive line, I guess is still pretty good. So, so maybe they, maybe they will throw a bunch of capital out of it, but even if it is like the best rookie in the class, which it's not going to be, then even, even still, I think Thomas is, is a lock for that 80, 80 catch number. If he is healthy, Matt, if you have Michael Thomas on all of your dynasty teams, let's just say that's true. <laughs> Who do you want throwing him the football in September? I'm fine with Jameis. I think Jameis is going to be back. I, I, I think Jameis played, you know, he played. He played. He, he was. He was not as bad as as, as we want to. He wasn't as good as that five touchdown game against Green Bay, right? But his his interception numbers did come down quite a bit. Uh, they, I think, they did maybe teach him to have a little bit more ball security and then make smarter decisions with the football. So I'm I'm fine with Jameis. I'm not saying that's the ideal, but I think I think he could do fine with with Michael Thomas. It, it feels like he just needs somebody with a quick release and a little bit of accuracy. I'm just not sure that Jameis yeah, really sure. really fits that mold necessarily. We'll see how it plays out, though. Well, I mean, we, we sit here a year out from Drew Brees ending his career uh, and, and basically two years out from him being a quality quarterback, and we still don't know exactly if – if Brees made Thomas, right? Like what is Michael Thomas without Drew Brees? We, we have no idea. And I'm with you guys as far as the volume should be there. He has no real competition. They're, they're in in terrible cap shape, which is why they made this move in the first place and why we're even talking about this right now. So they're not going to be active uh, in free agency. They're not bringing in Mike Williams or, you know, Michael Gallup or Chris Godwin or any of these uh, free agent wide receivers, I, I would expect them to draft somebody, but yeah, Thomas is going to be the guy there for sure. And but there's a chance it's a rookie quarterback throwing in the football as well in a class that we're sure. we're not especially excited about. 
But when you have like one option to throw to, I mean, of yeah, course, sure. defenses are going to cue in on that. And, you know, they did in the past. They, they, they always kind of knew the ball was going to Michael Thomas. It's not like even the breeze led Saints had all these weapons outside of Thomas and, and Kamara, you know. So I just I just don't know. I just don't know how much that matters unless he just can't get separation on his own and there's no place for the rookie quarterback to throw the ball. I just he just feels like a weapon that whoever the quarterback is is going to going to lean on 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 Michael Thomas. Well, I mentioned his startup ADP is 76 overall. Uh, wide receiver 38 is where that puts him. So yeah. he's uh, the the wide receivers directly above him, Jamison Williams, which we're thinking probably a mid first round pick, and none of us liked that price. So that that makes sense. Jerry Judy, you want Jerry Judy or Michael Thomas? Judy, I'll take Judy. Darnell Mooney. Mooney. I, I might go Thomas there. I might go Thomas there. Rashad Bateman, Brandon Cooks, Hunter Renfro. Wow, Hunter Renfro moving up. Uh, Hollywood Brown, Brandon Ayuk, Drake London, Chase Claypool. Yeah, all those like, guys over him. If he's undervalued, it's not by much. This it's is kind of where he belongs right now. But this is also a case, I think, where ADP does not match trade value. Like just below him is Tyler Lockett, and nobody's sending you Tyler Lockett for Michael Thomas. I, I mean, I, maybe they are, but I don't. I kind of doubt that. I don't think that's that far off. Yeah, people, they seem people don't similar. like Tyler Lockett either, and he's actually older than Thomas. It's true. No matter where you land on Michael Thomas, that restructure at least it painted a little bit of a picture of what to expect moving forward. Hopefully, he's healthy, so we we can start to get a gauge on where he is at this point in his career, how much Drew Brees really affected that huge breakout season and, and what we uh, what what we should be looking at as dynasty managers as far as his value going forward. It'll be interesting to watch. We'll keep an eye on it. And we'll probably revisit this before uh, before training camp kicks off. It's time for the Rookie Report. Oh, guys, I, th- I think this is going to be my favorite segment all off season. We get to really shine the light on a rookie. And we started things off with a big name last week with Traylon Burks. We got another big name this week. We're going to pivot over to the running back position and talk a little bit about Brees Hall, who there's a lot in the dy- a lot of people in the dynasty community, uh, Matt, that think Brees Hall is, is in contention for the number one pick in rookie drafts. He's, he's certainly in contention to be the first running back taken in your rookie draft this coming year. Um, a guy that where there's a lot to like about. Tell me about what you like the most about Brees Hall. I think there are a couple of things that stand out with Brees Hall. Uh, the first, I think you have to mention is his vision. And, you know, I think people define vision a lot of ways. For me, that means if he sees a hole, he, he, he sees the best hole and he usually takes that, that hole. He sees the lanes, he takes those lanes. Um, so that's, that's the number one for me. And I think that lends itself to him being so successful in his own blocking scheme, which they did run quite a bit of. Um, uh, at Iowa State there. Uh, so that that's going to be nice, I think, for NFL teams that primarily run that system. Uh, vision, again, is, is important. You, you basically have to have to have that to run it. You have to let the blocks develop. You have to be able to see those lanes. It's not like a gap power scheme where the offensive line opens a hole and the back immediately goes through it. You're waiting. You're letting you're letting blocks be setting up, uh, get set up. You're waiting for plays to develop. And he has that, that, that patience 
Um, and I think that's why some of the comps out there are to guys like Le'Veon Bell, who I think is the ultimate patience runner. I don't really see that. I don't think he's nearly as nimble as, as Le'Veon Bell is. But to be able to see him find the right lane with the vision and then be able to make those quick cuts in the hole, it almost seems like his cuts in, inside in the hole in those, in the, those short, uh, small space areas are, are better than his cuts out on the open field. So he's going to be great um, in, that, in that aspect. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll stop there. No, I love, I love what you, what you said there because the, the patience is one of his main strengths, right? He doesn't necessarily, like you mentioned Le'Veon Bell's name, Le'Veon Bell had the ultimate patience and also set up his, set up defenders to, to step into the wrong gap. And I, I'm not sure that Brees Hall necessarily has that part. No, he has no. the patience he, he waits for blocks to develop, but he doesn't set up blocks himself all that well. In fact, he, he'll, he'll step into a running lane from time to time, and we're, we're probably getting ahead of ourselves maybe a little bit with, with the negatives. But it's something that I noticed so many times while watching him that he will step into a rushing lane prematurely at times with, because it's there, but, but maybe to set, set, up, a, set up a cutback by, by taking that one jab like Le'Veon Bell did for so many years so well, I, I think that's something he could add to his game at the next level and maybe take his game to the next level by doing so. Yeah, uh, I absolutely agree. And like, I, th- I, use, I think you see him – I'm trying to like come up with a term to describe the way he plays. Like It's like – I don't know if you guys are familiar with like judo. Judo is all about like using your – opponent's momentum and strength against themselves and he kind of does that a little bit more so in the open field also in the backfield when a defender gets back there you see him kind of you know drop a hip and get a defender moving one way and and using that especially like when the when the blitzers and the rushers come in uh, kind of out of control he's really good at like using that momentum of the defender against them to, to to get out into the open field but like you said uh sometimes when he does step into that lane uh, he's not really he's not really doing himself justice for setting up that particular block, right? Uh, that defender is either still there or he doesn't see it or he runs into it. But I think most of the time, I would say his vision is is above average. Maybe one of the best of the running backs I've watched so far. Ryan, you're going to be at the combine here this coming week, and Brees Hall is scheduled to appear. He's scheduled to run. I think his forty time is going to be one that lots of us as dynasty managers are watching. He's known as a as a fast runner, but not necessarily the most quickness. He, his first few steps are maybe a, a tad sluggish, but when he gets up to full speed, he, he's a guy that can run away from defenders. He showed it. He's, he scored so many distance touchdowns, and a lot of those plays, he pulled away from defenders, even though he, he didn't necessarily look, to, look all that fast along the line of scrimmage. So, it's kind of an odd blend of a running back with speed, but but not so much the quickness that we expect to come with it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. We hear we kind of hear that term thrown around in you know in scouting and things, fast but not quick, or things like that. And and that does seem to be the case with Hall. That it's it's really that that burst that is missing, and um, it, which is kind of you know it's almost kind of frustrating because it feels like he does everything else. So well, I don't think he has any major flaws. I know we're going to talk about some negatives here. I, I don't think he has any major flaws in his game. Um, you know, certainly well-rounded can can catch the ball. That's going to be an asset uh, for for those of us in PPR leagues. So there's there's lots of reasons to be excited. I'm just not sure we can value him in that 
in that elite rookie tier. And um, our, our buddy Addison Hayes today put out a tweet comparing some of these uh, rookies, not just the running backs, but all all positions, because uh, we do have that February ADP data. That, that's when it comes in. And looking at the, the RB1 from the past five years and comparing Brees Hall to those guys, it's not much of a comparison. His, his ADP is 43 overall. Uh, that's, that's over a round lower or, or more than much more than a round lower than almost everybody, except for, uh, David Montgomery, who he's, he's often, uh, Brees Hall is often compared to. And of course, both, uh, both former Iowa state players. I, I do think he's better than, I, at least I feel better about him than I did about David Montgomery at this stage. You know, he does have some, some, some of the quicks. It doesn't always show up on tape, especially like when he tries to get out and turn the corner. I think he bounces it outside maybe, maybe too much. He thinks he's a little faster and quicker than he is. And I don't know if that's going to translate to the next level, it but he, uh, he was fourth in the country and enforced missed tackles, which I think that says a lot. And that's one of the things we liked about David Montgomery. He wasn't fast, but he was good at making defenders miss. Um, uh, one other thing that I do like about him is his receptions. He caught at least 20 in, in each of his three seasons. I wouldn't call him like an offensive weapon. Like he's not a receiving weapon. Like, you know, uh, like we were talking about, like with Travis Etienne last year or, or um, you know, obviously CMC and guys like that. He's not going to be a weapon in the receiving game, but I, but I think he, he's fine as a pass catcher. He, he, he does let it get into his body. Sometimes he draw, he draw, he definitely drops the ball uh, more than you would necessarily like to see, but he can catch the ball and he has done it at college. So I like to see that. And then one other, stat I have to throw out is that 43% of his team's rushing and receiving production came from uh, just from Brees Hall last season, which I think is pretty, pretty impressive. Do you think, do you think his 40 time matters? I don't, I don't really think it does. Honestly. If it's really, if it's like high four sixes, I think it matters, but if it's like, yeah, you know, okay. if it's four fives, low four sixes, I don't think it matters at all. Yeah. I, I, I guess I feel like it, Probably does matter a little bit. I don't think the expectation is going to be that he's going to blaze or anything like that. But well, he never ran away. He ran away from guys, but he never finished it. Like he has lots of like 40, 50 yard runs, but he always got caught from behind. You know, he's not going to be a giant big play waiting to happen. Well, and that kind of brings me to my next point, because where he might might be lower on the totem pole uh, in in those speed categories, in the quickness categories, he certainly makes up for with power. He, he's a guy oh, that yeah. has good balance between the tackles, bounces off of tacklers regularly, and also something that you like from a guy that's 6'1", 220, he'll lower his shoulder and fall mm-hmm. forward and, and get those tough, tough yards uh, when you need him on third down or, or around the goal line. So he's a guy, he scored a lot of touchdowns at Iowa State. And he did it from all over the field. He he scored fifty yard touchdowns. He he throttled um, linebackers in the hole and fell into the end zone when he needed to as well. So a, a, a weapon from everywhere. You guys mentioned that he can catch the ball. I'm not sure that they completely unlocked his skills in college that way. I, I think maybe there there's a step forward that he might take if he ends up in the right offense. And he is seen by that coaching staff as a true three down guy, a guy that can catch the ball. I've read, and I'm no no uh, professional scout when it comes to this. I've read so many times that he struggles as a pass blocker, and I looked for that when I watched him. And there are times where he like throws his body at a pass blocker instead of squaring up and 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 meeting that guy and trying to stop him. He'll just throw throw an arm out, throw throw his body towards him. And the player will bounce off and make the play on the quarterback or whatever it may be. 
And if that's what people are looking at, that and that's what frankly pisses off coaches and keeps him off the field, that is something that that could affect his fantasy value in the long term. We've seen that happen in the past with with other running backs, and it's maddening because they if they're not on the field, you can't score the fantasy points. Well, I did notice uh, I, I love uh, Lance Zerline's work for NFL.com. And, um, you know, if, you, if you're kind of feeling behind on the class as this uh, as the combine starts here in a couple of days, go check out his profiles. They're, they're a quick, easy read and, and we'll give you a good idea on, on some of these players. Uh, but talking about the long touchdowns, Lance Zerline pointed out that that Hall had five touchdowns in his career of 75 yards or longer. So, oh, man, I didn't um, realize that. You know, certainly, Matt, uh, you know, we did see him get caught from behind, but he, he also had some of those uh, big hitters as well. Is there a comp for you, Matt? Is there somebody that, that he compares to well for you? Man, I don't know. I I guess you could say Montgomery, but I think he's better than Montgomery. I think he's just a fine – I think he's going to be a solid fantasy running back too. Like, I, I just think that's, 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 that's what we're hoping to get from him. I don't think we're ever going to see a top five kind of guy uh, out of him. You know, if he goes to the, I think for him, the landing spot is really going to matter. I think, like Ryan said, or you said, Dan, with the um, uh, lack of pass blocking, sometimes you know he's not. He, he's a solid receiver. He's not a weapon in the receiving games. Maybe he has a two down role locked in and is occasionally used on third down, especially if the pass protection is a problem. Um, but I don't really have a, a great comp for him to be How honest with you, and I don't really have the a guy that except for solid fantasy running back too. The guy maybe he he reminds me a little bit of is Demarco Murray. He's he's a taller guy. Not as run. big. Not as big. Yeah, not quite really. as big. But he's he's over six foot, which isn't yeah, all that six common. one two twenty. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. not all that common in running backs. Maybe that's a little lazy because he's kind of tall. So that's what I think of. But Murray Murray had good long speed, but his first two steps he looked a little sluggish from time. So maybe that's what I'm seeing. I, I read one that was Kareem Hunt was the was the comp mm. and I see that one. I, I don't know if I see that one. He's not the receiver. He's not the receiver. Not the Hunt receiver, and, and Hunt has a, a a burst that that maybe Brees Hall doesn't have. Overall, guys, I, I like Brees Hall, but I don't like that he is the number one ha- – that, that's the best <laughs> exactly. that this class has to offer. That, that's is he where four I, last year? Is he four if you threw 2020s in there? He's that's where I was going to put him. Harris and Etienne and, and Javante, you know, probably. He's for sure well. at least four, right? Yeah. I, We'll we'll see how it all shakes out, Ryan. Anything? I had, I had, I had, did you have landing spots in mind? I had I had some numbers there. Go ahead, fire fire one. Um, this is from Ray GQ, our buddy Ray over at I think he does his own thing now, right? Um, but he wrote he had written down the top five NFL teams in zone run blocking percentage, which I think is maybe going to be Brees Hall's best fit. Number one was the Bears at eighty one percent. That's probably he's probably not going to the Bears. Uh, the Falcons could use a running back. They were number two at seventy eight point nine percent. That'd be a dream. The, the, the Dolphins. 74.8% uh, uh, zone run blocking. Uh, so I, that feels like my favorite spot. The Niners are probably not going to draft him. They're fourth. And then the Seahawks, I guess we'll have to see what happens with with Penny and Carson and, and those guys. to, to count A couple good them. ones but there. Falcons and Dolphins, they fill pretty good spots. Yeah, for sure. Ryan, I think the expectation is probably that Brees Hall is a second-round NFL draft pick. Um, I guess maybe there's a chance if everything breaks right that he could be one of those last few picks in the first round. But most likely he's a second round pick. Is as far as dynasty value goes, 
kind of put a bow on things. Where, where, what are you expecting uh, over the next month or two as we, we try to nail down where he belongs? Yeah, so I've really been looking a lot at uh, the website Grinding the Mocks this uh, this draft season. And if you're not familiar with that, basically what they do there is take every NFL mock draft they can find and essentially create ADP out of it. Uh, and based on that, uh, uh, Brees Hall is, is actually, he's the third running back drafted, according to that, behind both Walker and uh, and Isaiah Spiller. And he's actually closer to a third rounder, or in fact, he is a third rounder uh, and not even close to a first rounder. So the NFL is going to tell us what they, of course, with all these players, what they really think of him. Uh, but I mean, if he, if he falls to the third round, even if it is the Dolphins or the Falcons or one of those teams, it's going to be tough to make a case for him as, as the potential 101. Looking at, at, the, at the running backs in our current uh, startup ADP, though, I think that's where it's interesting. He's RB19. He's right behind Josh Jacobs, Travis Etienne, and David Montgomery. So I, I see a little bit of uh, room for him possibly to gain some value, but uh, ahead of Montgomery, we get to Barkley and Chubb and Kamara and Gibson. It's it's going to be really tough for him to reach that that RB1 range or, or even really uh, mid-range RB2. Uh, I, I think where his value is right now is, is kind of where it's going to stay for the next couple months. Feels got, like a good – oh, go ahead. I got one last question because uh, I don't think it matters anymore, but maybe you guys feel differently. He does have over 800 touches in college. Do we care about collegiate workloads since we're basically valuing running backs and like three, after three years, we're all, almost three years for most cases, we're done with them, especially if it's not an elite talent. Uh, so does the heavy workload in college matter to you guys? I'm not as concerned. I think it's, I'm viewing it as a positive at this point. Yeah. Uh, You guys are listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast brought to you by Monkey Knife Fight, a daily fantasy sports site built for the rest of us. Instead of competing against professional players, Monkey Knife Fight is made for the average fan to have a chance at winning. Monkey Knife Fight offers the ability to play a wide variety of fantasy contests, including their popular more or less games, allowing you to simply pick if a player is going to score more or less than a given line. In addition to the usual games for football, baseball, basketball, and hockey, you can also play contests in golf, soccer, NASCAR, UFC, esports, and more. Not only can you play these fun, unique games, but if you sign up at DynastyLeagueFootball.com, you'll get a free full year of DLF Premium. Simply log on to our site, click the banner image from Monkey Knife Fight, and create your new account with an initial deposit. Monkey Knife Fight will match the deposit up to $100, and your DLF sub will be set up automatically within 36 hours. What are you waiting for? Go sign up today. Hey guys, let's play a game. I've been kind of keeping this one under wraps, not giving you guys a lot of details. A uh, little bit of a secret. You guys ready Ready to find out what you're in for? Got any guesses? Any guesses on what you're going to be doing? ADP something. <laughs> we all know what that music is, right? We're going to be playing Family Feud, but we're not doing the... Uh, the whole game, really. We're gonna we're gonna skip to the best part. We're gonna play fast money. So uh, 
Matt, Ryan, you guys are going to team up. You're going to try to get the 200 points, just like on the game show. Uh, so who's going to go first? I can go Matt. First. Matt. <laughs> All right, Matt's going first. Ryan, I need you to take off your headphones because you can't hear the questions ahead of time. Oh, we're going to do this like actually. We're going to do this legit. So Ryan's taking wow. off his headphones. He's shutting everything down. We're, we're a little bit of an honor system here. Uh, first contestant, Matt, you are you're going to have 20 seconds on the clock. Clock will start after I read the first question. There's five of them, just like on the game show. All these questions are related to 2021 PPR fantasy scoring or the most current DLF ADP. So, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Matt is 20 seconds going on the clock. Matt. Name a tight end outside the top five in ADP with the most PPR fantasy points per game in 2021. Outside the top five ADP? Mm-hmm. Uh, Darren Waller. Name an Alabama wide receiver who had the biggest fantasy game in 2021. Calvin Ridley. That's not right. Name a quarterback named Matt with the latest ADP. Matt Barkley. Name a running back with the most touchdowns in 2021. Jonathan Taylor. Name a player close to 30 in ADP without going over. Closest to 30 in ADP? Without going over. I'll start the clock again for you, Matt. (laughs) David Montgomery. David Montgomery. All right. David Montgomery is the answer there. Uh, How do you think you did? Average, mediocre. Average. You think you got your 100 points that you needed? I don't think so. All right, let's go through the answers. First of all, uh, first question, name a tight end outside the top five in ADP with the most PPR fantasy points per game in 2021. Matt said, Darren Waller. Survey said, 12.1 fantasy points per game. Third best answer on the board, Matt. Not too bad. Second question, name an Alabama wide receiver who had the biggest fantasy game in 2021. Matt said, Calvin Ridley. Survey said, 19.3 fantasy points. So third best, excuse me, fourth best answer on the board that time. Matt, question three, name a quarterback named Matt with the latest current DLF ADP. Matt said, (laughs) Matt Barkley. Survey said, <laughs> no points for that one. Matt Barkley is not in the current ADP. Uh, name a running back with the most touchdowns in 2021. Matt said, Jonathan Taylor. Survey says, 20, number one answer. Jonathan Taylor on that one. And the final question, name a player close to 30 in ADP without going over. Matt said, David Montgomery. Survey said, David Montgomery's ADP is 37 overall. So uh, we need to close. bring back Ryan. Uh, I don't, that's not close. That's 37 close. is not good. I said without going over, buddy. That's not over. Oh, you went the other side. You wanted yeah. than 30. I thought you wanted the other direction. I thought you wanted it not the top 30 players. I thought you wanted below that. My bad. Let's uh, Let's bring Ryan back in here. 
Ryan, welcome back. Uh, how do you think you Matt did? How do you think Matt did, Ryan? Uh, Matt, Matt's the game master. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure he did well. Well, he he really lit lit things up. Um, uh, for you, he he came up. He he, had, he got buzzered out t- two times out of five questions. Oh, oh no! Scored fifty one point four points for you. So a little bit of work to do yet. 149 left to go, and uh, just like Matt. This time you'll get 25 seconds on the clock. The clock is going to start after you answer the first question. All these questions are related to 2021 PPR fantasy scoring or the most current DLF ADP. You ready to roll? Sure. Ryan, name a tight end outside the top five in ADP with the most PPR fantasy points per game in 2021. Dawson Knox. Name an Alabama wide receiver who had the biggest fantasy game in 2021. Jalen Waddell. Name a quarterback named Matt with the latest current ADP. Like the worst? Yep. Matt Bryan. Name a running back with the most touchdowns in 2021. Austin Eckler. Name a player close to 30 in ADP without going over. Antonio Gibson. We're going to count it. Antonio Gibson is the final answer. So let's go through these. First question. Name a tight end outside the top five in ADP with the most PPR fantasy points per game in 2021. Ryan said. Dawson Knox. Survey said. 10.9 fantasy points per game. Fifth best answer. Number one answer, Rob Gronkowski. Number two, oh, Dalton dope. Schultz. So I don't know what you guys were missing there. I, I thought for sure uh, Gronkowski was coming in. Um, second question. Name an Alabama wide receiver who had the biggest fantasy game in 2021. Ryan said. Jalen Waddell, the survey said. 29 points per game, week six against Jacksonville. Uh, Second highest answer there, Jalen Waddell. Number one answer, Amari Cooper. Remember back in week one against Tampa Bay? Blew up on Thursday night football. Uh, 38.9 fantasy points against Tampa Bay in week one. Number three question, Matt uh, Matt came up with Matt Barkley for this one there, Ryan. So he got, he got buzzed on this <laughs> Seriously? He, he'd be real late in ADP, right? Oh, man. Uh, name a quarterback named Matt with the latest ADP. Ryan said. Matt Ryan. Survey said. 29. Number one answer. Matt I was going to say that, but I wanted to leave it for, for uh, something. Okay. For all right. Now. Also, Thanks Matt Coral. I thought that one would be the one you guys would miss. That would have been 24. And then Matt Stafford, that would have got you 11 points. 11 points that you're going to need here, Matt. Uh, number, survey, number number question number four, name a running back with the most touchdowns in 2021. Ryan said, Austin Eckler. Survey said, 20. You got the two highest answers. So both of them scored 20 points. Matt, you oh, said, said Jonathan JT. Taylor. Ryan, you went with Austin Eckler. Final question: You guys, uh, you guys are really in the hole. You're gonna need, you're gonna need a big answer. The the most points that you can get on this one is thirty if you if you hit that one perfectly. And 
and right now you need 60. So I, I don't think you're going to make it. You have 140.3. Name a player close like to 30. Yeah, I feel like you're doing all right. Name a player close to 30 in ADP without going over. Ryan said, Antonio Gibson. Survey said, 26. So uh, not too bad. 166.3 points. Matt, you kind of, I you're supposed to be the, the game question. guru. I misinterpreted. I misinterpreted. When I say sure. going over for ADP, I feel like higher. So I, I went, I thought I needed to get below 30, like close to 30, but below 30. So oh, okay. You went with David Montgomery, who is 37. I guess that's, that's still good. just seven off. That would have been 23 points. You guys still would have been short. So uh, we got to get out of here. I wish I had a, Barkley. I, I, I had it all, Barkley, really? I had it all set up to play a, a uh, a Family Feud win music, so we're just gonna go with that. Family Feud win. We just, we just wanted to play again. You don't win, you get to come back and play again. So we just wanted to play more, Dan. Well, we're gonna we're gonna have a little bit more fun on the episode. We got a rookie mock draft that we got to get to, so let's get to that. The DLF Dynasty Podcast Mock Draft. Yep, it's time to do a rookie mock draft. Our first rookie mock draft is going to be the pre-combine, what we're calling the pre-combine rookie mock. We're going to do a handful of these throughout the season. Um, try to get two rounds in, so 24 picks. PPR scoring, uh, and we're going to do the super flex thing. That's going to be kind of our, our go-to throughout this process. Um, any, any, before we get started, Ryan, anything you're thinking about at this point, if, if there's people out there doing their drafts, any, any strategy or anything you're, you could give them for advice, uh, as we, as we get into this thing. Hmm. Uh, pay, pay close attention to the combine, pay close attention to really everything that's going on because we, uh, I, I don't recall a class that is this tightly packed, uh, especially in the super flex format. We, I don't know that we have any clear consensus really at any position. Um, so follow along closely because uh, things will be changing a lot. And if you want to help out set these values, there are super flex rookie, rookie mocks going on every month. There are, there are standard league uh, uh, rookie dynasty mocks as well that you, you can be one of the guys that guys or girls that are out there setting uh, where these values lie. So uh, let's kick this thing off. We're going to try to get all 24 picks in. I have the first pick. Matt, you drew pick number two. Ryan, you're number three. And then we'll just keep in that order throughout. I know it's a super flex mock. And usually we end up going with a quarterback at number one overall. I'm not willing to do that just yet. I'm going to go with our guy, Traylon Burks. Uh, so a wide receiver is off the board at number one. Matt, who you got at number two? Yeah, that makes it easy. I will take the first quarterback. I think it'll be an NFL draft. It'll be Malik Willis, and I think he's probably going to be the best fantasy option, at least early in his career. All right, Ryan, how about you at number three? Did things uh, go did, – did, first of all, did things go as you expected? Yes. Yeah, those, those are the same picks I would have made. Um, I think you can certainly make a case for Willis as the 101. I sure. actually do have him – I've got Willis ranked as 101 in my rookie super flex rankings, but uh, I do think right now those, those are the top two guys. Um, as I said, uh, it, these, these guys are just so tightly ranked. I think you can make a case for multiple players uh, at the 103 spot. Ultimately, I'm going to go with uh, my favorite you know, wide receiver that's left, which is Drake London. 
Oh, you dirty dog. I thought I was going to get him at number four. I, you know, I, I mentioned when we were talking about Brees Hall that it, I'm, I'm just not in love with making that, making him the number one running back in the class. And there's a lot of people out there that are probably raising an eyebrow right now, expecting him to go two or three or maybe even four. And I'm, I'm just not going to do it. I, I, I'm not willing to at this point. Instead, I'll stick with the wide receivers. I'm going to go with Ohio State's wideout Garrett Wilson at number four. Well, I know, I know it's probably not the smartest thing, but I'm going to stick with quarterbacks. I don't know. I just feel like with the format, I'm going to stick with quarterbacks. And like you said, with Brees Hall, we, if he's a running back too, do I really want to spend a top five pick on him? Uh, and for me, the answer is no. So I'll take Matt Corral and, and roll the dice there. I know it's not a safe pick by any means, but it is a premium position. I, you know, I was going through some – some of the mocks that we've seen and, and some of the mock drafts that uh, have been done on Twitter and things like that in preparation for this. And Matt, you know, you, you mentioned that maybe that's a little bit early, but I seen him go four, five, six, seven, right in this range multiple times. So Ryan, you mentioned that, that this class is wide open. There's so many unknowns with it and that's going to create some hesitancy when you're making a pick. I don't think anybody should should feel like they're going way too early with Matt Coral at number five because it's happening throughout the industry. Oh, absolutely. And I don't think um, I mean, we'll get some clarity. You know, this this week's combine will give us a little bit of clarity. Obviously, the NFL draft and landing spots and draft capital will give us a a great deal of of clarity and, and a better understanding of the class as a whole. But I still think it's going to it's going to end up being a a get your guy year. Right. Like, right. Don't don't be afraid to reach at, at five if it's uh, Matt Corral or, or if it's, you know, if you're taking a, a the wide receiver three over the RB one. Just you just got to you got to make the pick that works for you because uh, there really is not going to be a consensus we, this year. We usually say I remember last year we started saying that around, I don't know, 109, 110, something like that. But it's, it's it, maybe it says a lot about this class that we're talking about. Just get your guy even at the top of the draft. Yeah. Yeah, and that uh, I think it I think there's a case to be made at the 101 with that because if Malik Willis mm-hmm. is your guy, just take him. A lot of times we talk about um well there's there's going to be opportunities to trade down one spot. If you have the 101, well this guy's usually the the clear he goes in every draft, number 1 overall. With that not being the case this year, moving around is 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 still a nice feature and and certainly something we should be considering, but to your point there Ryan you you want to get your guy, you got to get him when you're on the clock. Yeah, trading down. I, I still think we're going to see a lot of trading in rookie drafts. For um, sure. Because because of this lack of lack of consensus or lack of, you know, locked in picks at, at certain spots. Um, but you I don't think you can do it w- with the idea of uh, of getting a player at his ADP or at his rank. Um if you've got a target yeah, just you just have to take him. If you want to take advantage of all of that, then sure, move down and, and get whatever is perceived as value at that point. And maybe that value might be a veteran if you're not if you're not mm, convinced yep. that your guy made it to you or or that any of these guys are your guy, quote unquote. Ryan, you're on the clock at number six overall. Who are we going with here? Yeah, I'll I'll end the uh, the drop here for Brees Hall. I'll go with uh, the RB one, Brees Hall. At- 
106. I have Brees Hall as my RB1, and I certainly would have taken him at number seven. Um, pretty good value. Again, probably a lot of people listening in saying, whoa, is that, is that something I can expect? And like Ryan said, we're going to get some clarity and find out if this is something that you can expect. But at this point, uh, I feel a lot more comfortable with him in the sixth spot than I would at three or four. So um, the the first round, the first half of the first round goes Traylon Burks, Malik Willis, Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Matt Coral, and, uh, and Brees Hall, the first running back off the board. I'm up at number seven, and I'm going to stick with the running back theme. I will go with Isaiah Spiller, who we haven't covered yet on the rookie report card. Certainly will soon, but certainly... Has a lot of upside as well, and a guy I'm excited to talk about on the show. Uh, Matt, yeah, I just I just feel like I keep getting put in the spot where like the only non quarterback I'm willing to take gets gets taken. Those two, those were the two. So I guess I'm going to go to quarterback three here and take Kenny Pickett. <laughs> you seem so disappointed <laughs> to make these picks. Well, I, I, I really wanted a wide receiver, and then Wilson and Burks got taken, and then I wanted a running back, and both the running you backs did. got taken. So, well, never mind. <laughs> what? I was I was just gonna suggest a wide receiver for you, but I think I'll just take him instead. I'll take Jamison Williams. Yeah, yeah you dirty uh, dog. You got me. You kind of got me. <laughs> I'd rather have the quarterback than 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 Williams. Yeah, uh, Jamison Williams certainly fits right here at the one hundred and nine to Ryan. Um, kind of sticks out as a as potentially a value. I, I think I would have gone with Williams at number eight. But, Matt, the positional scarcity, p- positional value, that's what pushed you towards Pickett? Yeah, and I have a wide receiver who's still on the board and is going to be there at 11 for me that I have above Jamison Williams. So I, mm. I just felt well, like quarterback was either. Yeah, I know. Thanks. <laughs> do you think I'm I'm joking, of course. Do you think <laughs> do you think what we saw from last year's class of quarterbacks will impact things this year because I mean, certainly it was viewed as it was viewed as one of the best quarterback classes of all time, at, at least potentially. And you know, a year in, it Trey Lance has lost value and Fields has lost value and Lawrence has lost value and Mac Jones Still, still has the ceiling we thought he did, um, and and Zach Wilson has lost value. So we were seeing those guys, at least uh, a, a few of them, drafted over Jamar Chase and Najee Harris. And and if you're one year into that pick, even though you you got the quarterback, and and quarterbacks are so tough to get in in super flex leagues, it might not feel so good. And and I just wonder if if that hangover will have an impact this year, especially on a class that's not considered to be uh, a quarterback class. That's not considered to be in the, in the same neighborhood, really. I think it might. in, you know, I don't want to say non-sharp leagues, but like non-industry, non-writer leagues, stuff like that, non-expert leagues, however you want to phrase it. I think it will have a larger impact than that, but I don't, I don't think it necessarily will in, in really sharp leagues because we still know the value of the quarterback position. We know that in most cases it didn't happen with every quarterback um, from last season, but in most cases, a rookie quarterback, no matter no matter how bad they do in their rookie season, their value does stay about stay about the same or even an increase in year two. And if you're looking at like our superflex ADP, uh, you know Trey Lance is still a top, is, a, is the 31st player off of the board. We didn't even see him play. Uh, so if that happens with some of the quarterbacks in this class, you know m- maybe not that high just because we're so high on Trey Lance. But I still see these guys being like top 
you know, four to five round players a, a year from now, even if they don't do well or don't get to play in, in year one. So I think I think if you're a sharp in one of these regular leagues or you're a person, uh, a, a, just a smart player and you see these quarterbacks dropping and it's a first round NFL pick, uh, a quarterback was taken in the first round of the NFL draft. And I think it's a, probably a smart move to, to snap them up, even if you're not necessarily uh, a fan of that player, just because of the value we see with that position in that format. The problem with that for me is that there are so many players at the other positions that I am a fan of, and I would rather invest in those guys. And, and it really doesn't have anything to do with last year's rookie class of quarterbacks. It's all to do with this year's rookie class of quarterbacks and, and, and being hesitant to invest first round rookie picks in, in a player that I, I see as a um, bottom quarter of the league starter at best. At, at the top end. So, you know, I, I think in most of these exercises, I'll probably be avoiding the quarterback position. I probably wouldn't have taken, had you gone with Jamison Williams and Ryan avoided Pickett as well at nine, I think I would have, I would have gone a different direction as well. Um, I'm, I'm, maybe I just need more information, but at this point, I, I don't love this class outside of Malik Willis enough to, to jump all in on these rookies, especially in the first eight or nine picks of rookie drafts. I am on the clock at the number 10 selection. So with Jamison Williams off the board, I have to pivot to another wide receiver. I'm going to take Chris Olave out of Ohio State. Um, I definitely like Garrett Wilson better, but Olave has a lot to, to like as well. And he fits right here around 10 in most of the mocks that I've seen to this point, sometimes sliding to the last pick in the first round. But uh, but I got him above one of the other wide receivers, so I'll take him here. <sighs> okay. <laughs> was that the guy that you said for sure? This would is going to be this is going to be early, I know, for most people. But I'm taking I'm taking George Pickens there right now uh, in the spot, and I feel like that's a value. He's my wide receiver three in this class, uh, and I think I'm going to get him pretty much everywhere in this range. I, I think in our most recent rookie ADP, he's just uh, just fallen to the second round. Um, so if I can get him at, snatch him up at the end of the first, I feel like I'm going to be trading into a lot of drafts in that range to be able to get Pickens. I know the injuries are a concern, all that stuff, but other, everything else I think he has, uh, set up to be successful in NFL. So it's the one thing that holds me back from moving him up that high are the injuries and, and really the concern among people that I trust when it comes to injuries uh, you you listen to some of these guys who who are in that field and and uh, talk regularly about these these prospects. We're gonna get some information out of the combine. It'll leak out, of course. It it won't be a steady stream. Medicals are so important at the combine. Perhaps the most important part of the combine to NFL teams. And and we don't really get that information directly. We have to wait for the NFL draft to see it. So I think Pickens is is relying a lot on on draft capital. At least his dynasty value will moving forward. I I feel like he has the a chance to maybe slide in the NFL draft, and that's going to speak volumes about what these teams think about his his health. Ryan, any thoughts on Pickens? Yeah, I mean, just just really the same that you guys have said. I certainly like the player. And um, again, if you're kind of new to the class and, and you see George Pickens in the late first or early second, this is a player two years ago who looked like he could be the 101 in this class uh, and, and certainly could have been 
the wide receiver one. So when we talk about injuries, major blow to this guy's career, and, and hopefully he's able to overcome it because he definitely has the talent, had a had a crazy freshman, crazy impressive freshman year, and uh, we just want to see him get back to that. If he has top 50 pick draft capital, I will be moving him up to wide receiver three as well. Ryan, you're up at number 12. Yeah, I like my options here. Um, there's a player from uh, each of the uh, three key positions that I would consider. I think uh, I think in the end, I'm just going to go with the one I like best, which is the wide receiver, David Bell. Hmm. All right, so a run of wide receivers to finish the round. The second half of round one went Isaiah Spiller, then Kenny Pickett, then four wide receivers, Jamison Williams, Chris Olave, George Pickens, and David Bell. I said we would get through 24 picks. We only got a few minutes, so let's fire them away right now. I'll fire it off at number 13 overall. I am going to go with running back Kenneth Walker III out of Michigan State, a guy that I'm, I'm not in love, another running back I'm not in love with, a very good Big Ten running back, had an excellent season this past year for the Spartans. Uh, but I have my concerns. We'll get to those when we cover him in the rookie report. Matt, who you got at number 14? I'll go back to quarterback and take Sam Howell here. You know, he's going to be a, a pocket passer, not a lot of mobility, um, but – I think he's he's pretty good, and to get him in the second round of a Superflex League, I think you have to be pretty happy with that. In our Superflex mocks this past month, he never went as late into the second round. He went in the first round in all uh, all eight, eight or ten of them, whatever it was. Yeah, ten, ten mocks. I, I kind of like Hal's mobility, actually. Um, you know, he really changed his game this past season after he lost um, so much from that that Carolina team the year before, Javante Williams and uh, and, and Michael, yeah, Michael Carter, Deami Brown, and uh, they had another decent receiver that uh, whose name is escaping me right now. But um, he ran a ton this past season, uh, mostly out of necessity because that team was so bad. <laughs> uh, but I, I was actually pretty impressed. I think it's hurt his his dynasty stock, his NFL draft stock. But uh, I, I like him here. He and and Walker, of course, were the other guys I was considering at the end of the first round. I think we definitely have a tear drop here. Uh, but I will take uh, I'll take Jahan Dotson. You dirty dog. I hate drafting right behind you every <laughs> single time. I considered Dotson at at the first pick in the second round because I figured this exactly would happen. I love Jahan Dotson and the speed at Penn State. He did so many things well, and at the combine this week, people are gonna raise an eyebrow and say, "Wow, that guy's even faster than I expected." They just know how to train those guys for the combine. All those guys that come. From that Nittany Lions just, program, he's like a he's just a better Hamler, right? Yeah, he's a better better Hamler. If you like Hamler, yeah. you will love Jahan Dotson. Yeah. That is for sure. If, if you like players that can't be breast coverage against NFL level quarter cornerbacks, then you'll love Jahan Dotson. Oh, he's going to need to be stacked in the formation, <laughs> and he's going to need motion and those kind of things, so he can't get moved because because he's just a little guy, but um, he's pretty darn good. He's, he's so fast. I I love that speed. Uh, I'm up at the 204, and I'm going to go uh, – I guess I'll go with Kyron Williams, the running back. Uh, he, he's probably the – he presents the most value. There's definitely a tear break. I think it came after Dotson, um, but but I, I guess I just have to go with, with a guy that I don't necessarily love. I, I, I just like, once again, like all these running backs. 
I just uh, I just love that I love all the players that you guys apparently don't love, or maybe you do, just not as much as the players that have already been taken. But my wide receiver four is still on the board, so I will go ahead and take Wandale Robinson. I love the fact that he is a converted running back. We're going to see lots of, uh, uh, you know, maybe not quite to the extent of a player like Debo Samuel, but I think we are going to see a player that is used uh, in multiple facets of the game. And, and whenever we get a wide receiver that has a running back upside, I really like to take a, take a pick and uh, stab at those guys. Uh, yeah, Wandale was definitely my pick as a as a homer. I was trying not to take him too early. I, I definitely think this is the right range. Uh, I'm I'm a little worried. Uh, Worried about that height. He's not 5'10". I know that. Um, <laughs> so we'll see We'll see uh, what he measures in at and, and how much, if any, that impacts his, uh, his NFL draft stock. Um, that feels like a, another tier drop for me. I'm going with Christian Watson here at 2.06. Uh, mm-hmm. A little bit early based on our ADP and based on rankings, but again, especially in this range, get your guy. We're going to see some, some players go in the mid-second, in one draft and mid third and another. Yeah. I, I really like the running or the, excuse me, the wide receivers that you're going to see in, in round two in these drafts, at least at this point. Um, and the next guy on my list is one of those wide receivers. I'll take John Mechie guy. That's kind of been overlooked his whole career, but um, has a lot of upside. We'll see how the injury stuff plays out. I'll I'll, t- I'll go ahead and uh, break the seal on tight end and take the the really the I guess there's a couple of guys that we're interested in but I think really the locked in tight end one in this class is Trey McBride out of Colorado State uh, he's going to be uh, extremely you know he's extremely productive uh, and he's I don't know if he's he's a good athlete I think that's the best we're going to get from this class um, so he feels safe at in the middle of the second Ryan you're up at one oh nine or two excuse me two oh nine. Um, I'm going to stick with the wide receiver thing and uh, take it. another one of these players who has been, uh, whose career and value has been hurt no. by injury. No, no. Uh, I'll take Justin Ross oh. here at 2.09. Man, I was thought going I back and forth at... between Mechie and Ross. I thought myself. I would get him at 11, so that's why I didn't. I think I, I think if if I have the picks, I'm not leaving the draft without Pickens and Ross. Just I just think I know it's the injuries and all that stuff, but we know what the upside is. Uh, yeah, I want to speculate with those two. One of my favorite uh, running backs in this clay class is Rashad White. Um, we've seen him go in the early part of the second round in some mocks um, this past month, Ryan. But you and I had a conversation this afternoon about maybe his his draft capital not lining up with, with that as far as us in the dynasty community. I I just love his game and I think he fits in great at the end of the second round so I'll take him at 210. I will I'll take another slot receiver Sky Moore who's been been moving up small school guy from Western Michigan uh but I think he profiles as a very good slot receiver in the NFL as long as the competition jump isn't too much for him. Ryan finish it off for us at 24. Uh, I don't think I took a quarterback here in this exercise, and uh, it's tough to leave a super flex draft without one. Uh, I'll take Desmond Ritter here. Um, looking at at grinding the mocks, the the uh, site I was mentioning earlier, he actually has an ADP inside the first round as a as a late first rounder. If he's a first round mm. NFL draft quarterback, uh, he'll certainly go higher than two twelve. Plus, he's a Louisville kid. He's uh, grew up close to me, so uh, rooting for that guy. 
A couple guys that went earlier in all the mocks but didn't go in this one, uh, Tyler Algier, the running back. Also, Carson Strong, another quarterback that, that was probably is probably in consideration for a lot of people. But for the most part, we picked the guys that I had in the top 24. Certainly, Desmond Ritter belongs in the first two rounds of any uh, rookie draft that you do. So um, that's going to do it for this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. You guys should be following Ryan at RyanMC23. Follow Matt at MattPriceFF. Uh, you can follow me at dmiler22 and then get your questions in. We didn't do a question of the week this week, but we're going to get back to it at DLF Podcast. Send them anytime. I'll be asking for them for sure. Uh, for Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again next week. Thank you for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.